The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos are able to communicate with other species, but they don't because they're really stuck up? (laughs) For more information about armadillos and to unlock bonus content, go to www.patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Wheel of Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Micah Sparkman. And today we're going to cover chapters 51 through 54 of The Shadow Rising, book four of The Wheel of Time. So previously, Swan got deposed, tortured, and stilled by Lyda, but you know she's not going to let that get her down. She's going to go on a revenge quest, because that's what you do. Uh, we have another cringy budding relationship as Rand gets to know his totally normal human peddler traveling companions a little better. And we get to see an ideal city just in time for the Drakkar attack. Uh, I bet you forgot those were a thing, because I know I did. I was like, oh yeah, Drakkar. <laughs> uh, but Rand decides to accelerate his plan, saving us all a month of watching Avienda be shitty for no apparent reason. So, that's where we are. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 51. Revelations in Tanchiko. The icon of the Shan Shan Helmet. So Nynaeve, Elaine, and Egeanen are sitting around eating dim sum, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> with, with the Sean Chan spy, their new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just love hanging out with this person. Yeah. He asks us all these questions. <laughs> She's like a great conversationalist. She always wants to know about Aes Sedai, which, you know, we never get to talk about that enough, I feel like. <laughs> but we get like eight paragraphs talking about how hard it is to eat with chopsticks. <laughs> yeah. I guess Robert Jordan just really hates chopsticks. I but think that if you like, never use them in your entire life, they are pretty hard, I think. Sure, but he dedicates an excessive amount of time to talking about how hard it is. I feel <laughs> it's like I, I, it's it's another one of those comedy scenes that's like very like physical humor. I think it's something that he really enjoys. Yeah, that doesn't really translate well. Yeah. But apparently, Nynaeve gets so mad that she actually growls. <laughs> <laughs> Get in my mouth! Freaking chopsticks! I hate them so much. Yeah. Uh, what's Sursa it? is what they call them. Sursa, yeah. Yeah, they could just eat with their fingers or something, right? They talk about how it's just these little pieces of things. Well, well they're not animals, Jeff. Come <laughs> on. The, the, the hostess, their hostess does come in at one point and be like, hey guys, uh, there's some, some silverware and napkins there if you want. It's like, yeah, they, they've been in there two hours and they haven't eaten their food. <laughs> it's like, you guys aren't hungry? No, we're, we're, we're doing fine. All right, well, there's some forks and spoons. Yeah. So this this is actually Arad Domani cuisine. Yeah. Uh, which I guess they eat. It's like Korean food or something? Or? It sounds kind of like it with a bunch of little bowls with like little governance in them. Yeah. During this time, there's riots in the street, which is kind of why they're confined to their inn. And they mostly complain about how it sucks to be confined to the inn because there are riots in the street. With a bunch of people starving. Yeah, as they <laughs> eat this like delicate cuisine <laughs> goofy accoutrements. But uh, Bail Domon comes in and immediately starts doing MMA with again because he recognizes her. Yeah, he, he, Bail Domon, again, is our like MVNPC, you know? He's just like coming <laughs> yeah. in, he's just like Oh, hey, you know, that person's a Sean Chan, right? And like, oh, you know. what? Oh. Yeah. We've been answering all our questions. <laughs> <laughs> but she seems so friendly when we talk about all of her Aes Sedai secrets. I still don't buy that they did not recognize her accent. Apparently, the Sean Chan speak in a very distinctive way. They mention it constantly. Yeah. Her slurring way of speech, which I have trouble imagining, but they've heard it before. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think the same thing occurred to me. But yeah, Domon clocks her, and then they fight. 
for a little bit, which is actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's a fun little hand to hand combat thing, and I, like for for my part, I had no idea that Bale Delmon was like a hand to hand expert because I we know that Aganian is like kind of a badass, you know. The yeah. fact that he's able to best her is surprising. Right. So this is uh, horrifying to Elaine and Nynaeve because they like Aganian now, and they don't know how to stop liking her. Yeah, they accidentally friended the enemy. <laughs> right. It turns out that Domon, Julian, and Tom all found the Black Ajas, while Nynaeve and Elaine have been trying out cuisines of the world. <laughs> That's right. The NDA interns, again, came... NDA. That's the Nynaeve Detective Agency. I don't know if I actually... Yeah. Okay. The, the NDA interns immediately, like, resolve this, this, this mystery while they're just sitting in the... And, of course... Uh, none even Elaine kind of crap all over him too, right? I mean, <laughs> they do. They're like, why are you butting in here without knocking? They're like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. But they, so now they've, they've got again in prisoner and they're not going to, they're just going to sort of hold on to her as prisoner and they spend the day kind of planning and trying to find out a way to get into the palace and again and is there in the corner watching and listening the entire time. Uh-huh. And they're like, well, what else do we do with her? I don't know. Like anything, right? Like <laughs> anything except have her in your secret planning meetings? I mean, I, I guess where this is going is that Aganen is going to be an ally of theirs. We can but, assume that, but they shouldn't assume that, yeah, right? Yeah, like, I feel like this is one of those you should cut their throat situation. Uh-huh. Because we know she's a bad person. We, the reader, know that she's sold at least five people into slavery since she's been in this city. Uh-huh. I think the point is, though, is we're supposed to start liking her. Yeah, I think that. Which is, I mean, like, it's it's hard not to like her. She's a badass, you know? Like, she's this, like, she's cool captain with, like, you know, martial arts skills. I mean, like, she's, she's cool. And right. I think she's pretty much the only female character of any substance we've met who isn't constantly talking about how terrible men are or being super sniffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So uh, the men kind of spend the day going in and out, tracking down rumors. And the rumors don't seem very useful. The, you know, rumors about the Panarch and things they might be able to use, and we'll find out in a bit. They actually come really close, mm-hmm. uh, but the the day runs out, and so uh, Nynaeve and Elaine decide we're going to solve this by using our dream powers and order the men to stand outside their door and guard them. Yeah. I, I, I want to point out there's something here uh, where Nynaeve, I, th- I think it's Nynaeve says, this is a time for wits, not muscle, to these, like, the three cleverest fucking people they know, right? Yeah, right? Like, yeah. literally everything they've been doing is, like, using wits to solve this mystery, and she's like, no, stop using your muscles to solve every problem. It's oh like, my don't. god, come, like, on. come I, on. I wrote there, not that you have any. <laughs> right. Of either. Right. Yeah, and I, this bothered me a little bit because really they could have just put five of Bale Delmont's goons outside their door and guarded them and kept doing their job. But no, they ordered them, all three of them, to stand outside their door mm-hmm. or to take turns guarding them. Yeah. Because I need to make bad plans. Yeah, I guess so. Chapter 52. Oh, wait. I have to point out, uh, they decide that they can't trust... They're Sean Chan friends, so they have a sleepover and they begin undressing each other. They do. Oh they yeah! Do. It's like, what is going on here? It's <laughs> terrible. Because uh, they, they they're keeping her with them. Yeah. Because they don't know what else to do with her, mm-hmm. and yep. that means sleepover. Sleepover. Bar. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're bunk mates. Or they're something gonna have now. like pillow pillow fights and practice kissing. <laughs> yeah, and talk about boys, of course. Because mm-hmm. Elaine is thinking to herself that Nynaeve did such a good job bullying Tom and Julian and Baldemon that maybe she should start bullying Rand. Because mm. oh, right, yeah. bullying the dragon reborn seems like a really good I mean, it did she already with that letter? Yeah, because, like, 
what her takeaway from this is that Tom and Julian and Domon are really enjoying this. Right? Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Chapter 52. Need. The icon of the Teleran Riyadh ring. So Nynaeve uh, uses the ring to go to Teleran Riyadh and meets Egwene there in the stone. Is it D-chat? D-chat? Dream chat? And it's like they're like D-chat. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think they should meet somewhere else besides the heart of the stone. I was thinking Seems that. Sounds like a poor idea. As she's sitting there in this room with Kalendor and thinking, man, I feel like I'm being watched. And we know that this room is like a high traffic area for evil beings, yeah, right? Yeah, lots of places to hide and spy also. And lots of like the Forsaken like to come through here. Like the dark, the Black Aja were like hanging out here a lot back in the early times. This is not the safest room to meet. Yeah, right? I was thinking, you know... They could probably meet somewhere where only they know where it is, so probably in Emmons Field somewhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or in the, or in their bedroom in Tyr if they want to keep going to Tyr. Or, I mean, Nynaeve's been to the Waste now. They could meet in the Waste, which is probably a safe place to meet, you know? Mm-hmm. But, but no, they're going to meet in the room with Kalendor where yeah. everyone evil wants to hang out. Yeah, and th- this whole scene is just fraught with these dominance games between Nynaeve and the Wise Ones. Yeah. Which, it seems like that's Nynaeve's interactions with everybody. Is like who's in charge, and you know the the wise ones are like your, your clothes keep changing because you're not c- controlling your thoughts very well, which and Nynaeve is like yes I am, even though her clothes keep changing. Uh huh. And like her armor armored Emmonsfield dress, and then then they turn her into the little the little girl outfit or whatever that uh, they made Egwene do. Right. Yeah. And she refuses to admit that it was them that did that. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's like a dream pissing contest, and it's. Kind of makes me roll my eyes. Yeah. You don't want to piss in your dream while you're dreaming. Is that a thing? Oh, because you piss when in When you life. piss in the dream, you piss in the <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, And then, uh, I, I want to I bring this up because it's like, it's beginning to annoy me. Like, again, they come back to this, like, letter thing. Mm-hmm. The best yeah. you can do for Elaine is to tell okay. him to read what she wrote. Yes. So, Nynaeve is giving Egwene the advice to tell Rand to read these letters if it's going to really tell... And it's all because Elaine has lied about what the, the contents of these letters to everyone around him. So he's like in this really frustrating situation where he's like, these letters are like insane. And everyone's like, just read the letters. It'll tell you how, how she feels. And no one's having a conversation about this. And it's just like, every time they bring this up, it irritates the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it's being played for humor like in, in Jordan's mind, but by now it's like getting a little thin for me because like yeah. nobody's talking about this. I think it's... I can see it as funny if you take it for granted that Rand and Elaine are going to end up, you know, happily ever after. I guess so. Because then all these roadblocks are sort of silly. It's not even that. To me, it's the fact that it's like, at this point, it's unbelievable that nobody has actually, like, had any real conversation about the contents of this letter. Like, they're just taking it so for granted, and Rand is like, well, they keep telling me to read these letters. I guess they must really mean that. Like, as if it's not obvious that they don't know what's going on here, you know? Mm -hmm. It's just frustrating to me. (laughs) Yeah. Every time they bring it up. So... After a bunch of dickering, the wise ones teach Nynaeve uh, a way to use dreams to focus on what she needs in order to find that thing in the dream. That's a useful skill. Very useful. No, nobody, nobody was doing this up until now? Yeah, well, they say it's really dangerous because what you need could be in a dangerous place. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, they, they mentioned... Because like it's at the bottom of the ocean or something, I don't know. Or at a, at a, at a pit of snakes, because I guess some things do come over to the dream world, like some yeah, animals, snakes, right? right? Yeah, Not horses, no, but snakes. Right. <laughs> and apparently not cattle, but, you know, flies. I Didn't think bugs. we agree that not domesticated things? Oh, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, something like that. Because they have no dreams. Yeah. Because right. of what we did to them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And uh, so, yeah, the idea is use the need, it'll drag you towards whatever you need. In this case, that seems like a good warning because she knows what she needs is near the Black Aja. Right. Who go into dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So to be extra double careful, she changes her face into the face of somebody much better known in Tanchico, which is her innkeeper. Yeah. Which is definitely not going to end up being bad for the innkeeper later on. Right, right. And this innkeeper who, like, they live with and interact with all the time, so if someone does come looking for that person, they're definitely going to find them. (laughs) Like, no. It's fine. It's It's not a big deal. Like, her face seems better than this, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) But whatever. So she uses the need, and the wise ones are right. It takes her immediately to a room with the Black Aja. Where the Panarch is being held prisoner and kind of... Being dream tortured, I guess, right? Yeah, dream tortured and real life tortured. This sucks. It's yeah. weird too. Yeah, they the one of the Black Aja has the Panarch in her dream, sort of trapped with the one power, and is forcing her to sing body songs while naked. While naked, yeah. Which I mean, like, I guess that's not the worst thing in the world. It's probably annoying, but you know. Yeah, right. You can think of worse tortures you can do to somebody in their dreams when you right. have ultimate power over reality or whatever. Yeah, making them sing dirty, dirty limericks or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, but Naini almost gets busted because she did this, but uh, she, instead of like backing off or anything, she uses the need power again, <laughs> uh, and it takes her to the exhibition room, which we already kind of expected, right? That's where all the artifacts are. Yeah, and and uh, Egwene's been here before, right? She she yeah. teleported to this room initially when she was first uh, scouting out Tanchico. Yeah, it's the room with all the sweet animal skeletons. Yeah, I actually really dig this room, and I uh, you know I think it'd be a really cool image overall, just with all this like ancient artifacts and like artifacts of like the mo- of our you know current timeline in the real mm-hmm. world and all this other stuff like just kind of on display. I think yeah, it's really cool neat. So Mogedian is there. And Nynaeve gets overcome with rage, and she doesn't know why, because she doesn't remember Mogedian messing with her head. Yeah. But her rage overcomes whatever Mogedian did and causes her to remember. So Nynaeve's anger saves the day. Again. <laughs> Again? It, it, well, I mean, like, it seems like that's the only time she's useful, right? Is when she's, like, really angry. She's like the Hulk. Oh, I get angry. Oh. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, so she teleports from the Black Aja to the Forsaken. So this is getting worse, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like they were right to like resist telling Nynaeve about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of cool. Mogedian is wearing like a, a shimmery dress that, that changes transparency, which must be something from the Age of Legends, right? Yeah, someone someone mentions that Mogedian is uh is perhaps most powerful in the dream of all the Forsaken. Like that's that's her kind of like her, Realm. her domain. Even though Lanfear claims it as hers, they're like, well, Mogadian just likes to hide behind the scenes, but that she's like really strong in the dream, or something mm-hmm. like that, I think. But so yeah, apparently it's just like she made up a cool dress for herself. I guess I don't know. Well, that's nice. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd probably do that, right? If if I was like in a dream where I could make any any anything I wanted, to be like, yeah, give myself some like armor made of fire or something cool. <laughs> you know? That's right. Lava armor. So she's about to just start blasting Mogadian, which probably won't go very well for her when she gets rescued by Birgit. Be- again. again again who yeah. shows up and rescues and then says oh I really shouldn't be doing that yeah, right? <laughs> until next time she's just like yeah. everywhere now and for for someone claiming to have these like ancient presets saying that she can't talk she spends a lot of time talking to our characters in this book she does yes like every time they're in the dream she pops up and is like hey how's it going I mean I'm not supposed to talk to you but how's it going how's it I think going? this is this is an argument that Nynaeve is Taverin because Brigitte keeps saying like why am I doing this? I, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Yeah. But she keeps doing it. And she, she, she's only... The only other person that she does that with is Perrin. Yeah, exactly. She's been popping up for, for Taverin. Brigitte gives a actually 
quite a bit of interesting uh, lore stuff. Mm -hmm. For one, the guy that Nynaeve almost attacked at Ruidian was Asmodian, the Forsaken, in the dream. Yep. So this is the second time that Brigitte has protected Nynaeve from starting a fight with the Forsaken. (laughs) (laughs) She's got a knack for this, right? Yeah. But she explains that the heroes of the Horn live in the dream world in between being spun out by the wheel and uh, or being called by the horn. It's just like they're, they're like green room. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the hero's green room. I guess they, yeah, they hang out with each other or something. Uh, apparently. Having like crazy orgies or something in the dream world. What else are you going to do, right? I mean, like you got like thousands of years to kill. Right, yeah, and you remember everything. Yeah, and she, yeah apparently she's having bone times with that, uh, that other gentleman. The other yeah, Gaidal Kane is there. Yeah. And Nynaeve does see him, but he pretends not to see Nynaeve, which... Seems like that's skirting the rules a little bit too, dude. <laughs> and Gaidel King is pretty cool. Like this, this, I want to know more about this guy. He's like short and super muscly with two swords on his back. And apparently he and Birgit are like, you know, doing their thing, right? Right. Yeah, she says that they, they always have the same story, which is that they hate each other at first, but then they fall in love. But of course they remember all of that in this dream world, so they're just like, bone town 24-7. <laughs> that's right. Or as they call it, the bone zone. The bone zone. <laughs> <laughs> now entering the bone zone. Yeah, but Guido Kane is kind of the fun police. He yeah. shows up and says, you shouldn't be talking to her. Mm-hmm. Lame. And uh, they talk more about how Mogedian is the spider. And uh, she's weaving a web or something like that. Yeah, she, she, she seems to be... It, it, they, they don't specify, but they, they seem to indicate that she's very... She, she's got a lot of power, but she always plays behind the scenes. She's not, not a risk taker. He's risk averse. Yeah. So it's difficult to gauge how strong she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but after this uh, interlude with the heroes of legend, Nynaeve heads back to the uh, room. She's going to look for Mogedia. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, that's a great talk. Now I'm going to go kill this forsaken. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she sees in there the, the evil bracelets, which I think we already clocked is the... Adam. Yeah, it's like the male Adam or something that, that they want to use. Man Adam. Man Adam. Yeah, Adam for man. It's the Adam as opposed to the Eve. Uh, uh, weak. Eh, Never eh. mind. And uh, she also sees a dark one seal, which is nice. Yeah, one of those little Quindalar. Yeah, we want to hang on to those. Uh, but she gets woken up by Elaine, and so she regroups and explains everything that just happened to Elaine and to Egan. <laughs> right. Who Elaine has freed from her bonds, and they're all just just it's hanging out. out. Yeah. Hanging out together. Yep. Their new Shan Chan friend. <laughs> yeah. It's probably fine. Uh, and they're interrupted by uh, an attack mm-hmm. on Tom, who's who's currently on guard, by that secret dude who's been floating around. Mm-hmm. And there's this scene where they all rush out to see what's going on with this fight that uh, that Bale Dolmon and, and Julian have broken up. And uh, they're all in their shifts, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like, what, really... okay, what even is a shift? It's like a, I, I, I think it's just like a, a nightgown. Like it's like a. It's like a slip. Yeah, like a slip. That's a, a full body slip. Okay, so it's yeah. like thin fabric. It's like a, like a little bit light. It's kind of it's generally sh- sort of shapeless. Yeah, and it's meant. Well, I don't know about that, but it's meant to be worn underneath a dress. Mm. Okay, so it's bad to be seen in your slip. It sounds it, like it covers them up. It's if, I mean, as much as anything could cover. I guess it's a little more form fitting than normal outfits. I guess. Here's the weird thing, though. When Nynaeve wakes up, it says she jerked her silk shift down. I think it had like ridden up. I guess is the idea. Or that... was Elaine like molesting her? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, they, they they jump out to see what's going on, and then they all act super scandalized because the men all see them in their shifts. 
which I don't quite get. I think it's just like a they're very, they're very conservative. Like this is more skin than they normally because I mean I guess their garb is generally pretty conservative. Well, they talk about how this isn't as scandalous as the Tenshiken garb that they've been wearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got no, I don't know. Maybe it's just the idea of it. It's, yeah. it's, it's underwear. But, I mean, it, to be fair though, like we feel the same way. Like if if uh, if someone sees us in our underwear, that's like uncomfortable versus if someone sees us in a swimsuit, which is. Literally the same size and shape, right? I mean, mm. some people are weird about that, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess it's an intimacy thing. Yeah, I get it. That's, that's, that's so, the only thing I can figure So about. this guy that attacked them is that seeker dude who's been messing with Ganon for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And she, she comes clean about who that is. And they have a discussion about what to do with them. And they just throw them out of the inn. Yeah, well, I mean, no, Ganon and Tom are both like, it's probably better if we kill we him. We kill, you know? kill this guy, yeah. Which is the right answer. Yeah, and Ganon's like, yeah, this guy is like a brainwashed slave who will kill anybody that gets in his way or whatever. You know, you can't... Also, he's not just going to go away. Also, if you put him outside, like, her cover is blown, right? Like, at that point, they, they people are going to mm-hmm. know that, like, that Ganon's, like... That's a good point. ...side with the enemy. But Nanny's like, no, let's put him in the back alley. It'd be fine. <laughs> Although in this city, that actually could be worse than cutting his throat. Right? <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about that. Like, he is likely to be robbed. But, I mean, he's, you know, I don't know. He's resourceful. Right. So, but th- during this, these couple chapters, there's a budding romance oh. between Bale Delmont and Egana. Because okay every this. character... Yeah, this this no. works. I think this works. It's not that. It's the fact that... Does every character need a romance subplot? Like, yes. it's... Like, I mean, in these books, yeah, right? No, I mean, I guess, I don't know. It's it's supposed to be romantic, and, you know, there's so many romances that I think don't work, that when one does work, it's nice. Alright, that's fair. I mean, again, and, and Bale Delmon, like, they're both badasses. I, I guess they, they deserve to be together. Yeah, yeah. The, I but mean, but, but I, I am frustrated by the fact that, like, as soon as Aganen becomes, like, a, a quote-unquote, like, named main character, they immediately have to, like, pair her off with someone, you know? <laughs> it's like, that's yeah, dumb. I like that they, yeah, they... they Came to respect each other because they did a little judo together, <laughs> which was inconclusive as to who won. So they respect each other now, and and I actually really like like if only somebody in my life would say of me that I was a properly set up man. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean exactly? Just that he's like he's got his his shit together. Well, I think it's she's saying physically, like because uh-huh. Elaine thinks what he's like half as wide as he is tall, because he's like a big dude, and again's like yeah he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she likes, you know? It's what she likes. So that's nice. Chase that chub. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's seen everything because he saw her in her shift. That's right. That's Aww. right. Oh. <laughs> uh, but now they do have a plan. And it's a magic heist. <laughs> it kind of is, yeah. <laughs> so chapter 53. The price of a departure. Icon of a wolf. So, so we're back to Perrin. And Perrin is leading the Emmonsfield War Council, which... Is a big deal now, I guess, because the Trollocs have attacked a half a dozen times in the yeah. last few days. Yeah, things have gotten like way darker. And you know, they, to be fair, things were already pretty dark in Emmons Field, but it's getting a lot worse. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah, there have been several Trolloc attacks, and some of them have reached the barricades, so they've come down to spear fighting. Yeah. It's very close. And uh, I don't know how many Emmons Fielders have died yet. They don't let us know. Yeah, they, they, they don't mention casualties. I think I think that we're, we're to believe that at this point the casualties are somewhat limited. There have been a lot of injuries, but like because yeah. they, I, I think Perrin's talking about the fact that things have things could be a lot worse essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, and Perrin is running himself ragged, uh, being the leader for these people. And the women, they they don't tell the men, but they're down on half rations because they're running out of food. Yeah, mm-hmm. can have to start eating people. Yeah. Well, probably. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, that's just what I'd assume. <laughs> I mean, uh, don't you, uh, 
Don't you assume that they are already eating people? Yeah, Bran is... Bran hasn't lost any weight. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. Bran is still pretty big, isn't he? <laughs> oh, well, we, we haven't reported any casualties. No one's died so far, but people keep going missing. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. Someone had a really mortal wound, but then they were just gone. Yeah, all the Immunsfielders are like, yeah, that's normal. <laughs> it's, oh, oh, I'm badly wounded. Oh, I think uh, yeah, Bran comes in. I think he's going to go for a walk or something. Yeah, right. He said he just wanted to go go for a walk, and I haven't seen him since. <laughs> As he like, cleans his white apron. <laughs> Licks his lips. I think we got a spin off. <laughs> Brandable the cannibal. Brandable the cannibal. <laughs> and uh, Aram is following Perrin around like a psycho with his sword. <laughs> just like saying nothing, like just dead eyes all the time. Just yeah. like, staring at shit. He used to be like a really attractive young dude, but. I, psychos can be attractive too, Jeff. Like, really? Yeah. Just because he's, he's dead inside doesn't mean his face isn't beautiful. Mm hmm. The, the White Cloaks bring in a man looking for Perrin. Uh, well, looking specifically for Perrin Golden Eyes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an ominous message, too. Yeah, he says, we are coming, before he dies. <laughs> yeah. That seemed a little too easy for me. A little too on the nose. He shows up, he says his one mysterious sentence, and then he dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's definitely like a tropey kind of moment. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I noticed that what did happen is he's laying there, he's injured... And then Perrin sits him up, and then he dies. <laughs> so, probably Perrin kills him. Maybe it's like a spine injury. <laughs> <laughs> You're really not supposed to move somebody who's lying down and dying. Like, first day, yeah, Dragon Reread, PSA, don't move somebody you find lying on the ground badly injured. Wait until <laughs> paramedics <are> high. <laughs> uh, but immediately after this, like, oh yeah, Perrin doesn't know who this guy is or what they're talking about. He assumes they're, they're, it may be an outlying farm family or something, but... Uh, but Immediately afterwards, Loyal and Gaul return. Yeah. This is epic hero stuff. I miss Loyal. They managed to do it. They they closed the way gate, and Loyal had to carry Gaul for the last four days. Mm-hmm. Just running for, for four days straight. He yeah. outran Trollocs, which we know this thing, things run yeah, as fast as really horses, fast, right? Yeah. And so, they, they, they managed to count all the Trollocs, which there are thousands of them. And and the Mirdral as well. But could you say that Loyal is the OG year? <laughs> you could say that. <laughs> but you shouldn't. Because <laughs> that's disrespectful to OG year. <laughs> I mean, yeah, remember, they're like 900 years old and they have long memories. They've heard it before many times. <laughs> like every generation of humans think they came up with that. Like, yes, yes, Aww. you're OG year. That's great. Yeah, that's, it's yeah. real clever. <laughs> But uh, in the middle of this, uh, Luke passes through, and he's acting way sketchy. Yeah. He's like, no, 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 there's not thousands of them. There's maybe like, like under a thousand. Uh, yeah. And by the way, here's another, another head. Here's another bag of heads. Which yeah. the <laughs> catches out of the air and throws over the barricades yeah. to indicate that they're not taking any of these stupid trophies anymore. Luke just keeps bringing them. <laughs> he just likes bringing heads. I don't know. Yeah, and so, yeah, Luke... Is like saying Loyal and Gaul are wrong, that there aren't that many Trollocs. And uh, Gaul is disagreeing with them, and Luke's teeth showed white in a smile. How many days have you spent in the Blight, Aiel? I have spent many. Perhaps it was more snarl than smile. <laughs> many. Believe what you wish, Golden Eyes. The endless days will bring what they bring, as they always have. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine, Lord Luke. Yeah, cool. <laughs> It's, uh, the mask is slipping a bit, bro. <laughs> Those lords are so quirky. <laughs> yeah. It's you know so good. He's telling are. us that his days are endless and he spent a lot of days in the Blight. Mm-hmm. Didn't he say he was... Where did he say he was from? Murindy? 
Not the blight. I remember that much. <laughs> no, I think he said he's like a lord from one of the the border countries or something, which I guess could mean he goes to yeah, the right. He just hangs out there. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, I've kind of wrapped around and I start to like him now because he's acting so weird. <laughs> but uh, Perrin finally sleeps. He's been avoiding sleeping because this is his whole like Christ thing, I guess. He yeah. sacrifices himself. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's martyring to, to save his people. But even in sleeps, he works because he goes to the dream world, the to wolf dream. To do some wolf dream recon. Yeah, which is a really good idea. He should have done this earlier. Yeah, right? And uh, it's bad news that he finds out. Yeah, well, first he finds out, he, he sees some visions. In the sky, which was kind of weird. Well, yeah, it's how wolves see visions, I guess. Yeah. Egwene stood among a crowd of women, fear in her eyes. Slowly the women knelt around her. Nynaeve and probably Elaine was there. Matt stood naked and bound with that weird spear and a silver medallion of fox head on his chest. And then maybe Rand, he wore rags and a rough cloth and a bandage covered his eyes. Yeah, so that's... Is that what's going to happen in the future? Is the thing, is the Matt thing what already happened to him with the... With the spear of the fox head medallion. I was kind of wondering that. Well, those are things that he has now, but, you know, was it... I guess he kind of was... I think we'd know that he was kind of carried along, bound to the tree, so maybe that's something that's already happened. It's hard to tell with the dream world, because, like, a lot of these things are just visions, right? Yeah. But then uh, Perrin's like, ah, don't care. And and starts going around to (laughs) scout. That's weird, huh? Yeah. And he, he scouts, and this is a great idea, he scouts around because you can see the campsites of, of Trollocs, even though he can't see the Trollocs in the dream world. Yeah. And he counts thousands and thousands of them. I thought this was super cool. Yeah. A super cool idea and super clever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's able to tell that they're concentrated around Emmons Field with uh, just enough Trollocs around the other towns to keep them from leaving. And he sees that Terran Ferry has been burnt to the ground. Which, you know, screw them. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's Terran, Terran Ferry Terran people. Terran. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. full of shitheads anyway, right? They're the worst. But he, all of a sudden he finds himself in a duel with Slayer. Because Slayer kind of attacks him. The hunter becomes the hunted. Yeah, and, and Perrin wins because he has super smell. <laughs> the Slayer doesn't know that about Perrin. So he's able to smell him. Uh, and Perrin manages to get the drop on him and actually puts an arrow through him. And we get a description of Slayer, too. Dark hair and blue eyes, a face all hard planes and angles, so reminiscent of Lan's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah looks, that's weird. Looks like Lan. Interesting. It's but, probably Lan. It's no, probably Lan. Slayer's probably Lan. <laughs> I mean, doesn't Slayer have L.A.? Oh, there's no N in Slayer, so never mind. Um, but the R in Slayer is kind of like an N. Yeah. And real you know, close. If, if you asked Lan to pick a name for himself, he'd probably be like, Slayer. Slayer. <laughs> Who picks the name Slayer for themselves? It's like it's like a five-year-old. A thirteen-year-old boy. Yeah. You can pick your name. I want it to be Slayer. <laughs> the parent wakes up after beating uh, Slayer with with an arrow, which makes him disappear. Yeah, shoots him with an arrow through the chest, and he just like fades away. Yeah, and then he gets up, and there's a commotion as Lord Luke. Hunched over his saddle as though injured, rides out of town. <laughs> yeah, and he asks, he's like, what, what was wrong with Lord Luke? Oh, it looked like he had some sort of wound in his chest. Yeah. Huh. Huh. But, but what a uh, strange coincidence. Yeah. I wonder what that's about. <laughs> Perrin's like, huh, they both have the same injury. That's impossible. They're probably not the same person. <laughs> yeah, but they don't look they the don't same. They don't look the same. <laughs> One of them has glasses. <laughs> and a ponytail. And a ponytail. <laughs> But then uh, Perrin has finally got a plan to get rid of Fael. And I, I think seeing all the Trollocs, he's decided that this this is hopeless. Yeah, I mean, like, there's... I, I think he says something like ten or 20,000 Trollocs by, like, rough estimate, you know. But either way, whether it's five or 20, Evans feels, like, fucked. Yeah. 
So he, he makes a deal with Fail. He, he says he needs to send her away to, with the, the maidens to protect her to go to Morghese and tell her about this so she can send the Andoran guard to come do something about these Trollocs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, we're, you know, we're having a hard time here. If you could send some soldiers or something, that'd be cool. Which I'm a little surprised they haven't done already. Yeah, this has been a... They, they, well, it, haven't, it hasn't been that long, right? It's been about a week. I guess so. Maybe they didn't know there were that many Trollocs. Yeah, I think think that they they thought they were doing okay until recently. And remember, the Emmonsfield people don't consider themselves to be subjects of the Queen of the Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's Mm -hmm. maybe that's something only Perrin would think of because he's been outside the two rivers. Right. I think that's a great. I think that's a a pretty likely observation. And it's also, even though what Perrin is doing here is trying to protect Fael from the slaughter. uh, It makes sense to send her because she's a noble, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, his plan is is. Actually, a, a good plan, but you know it's pretty clear that I think it's clear even to Fail that this is not like a this is this is her you know yeah. being protected. Well, the deal, her price is they got to get married. <laughs> you got to put a ring on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a, like a battlefield wedding. For whatever reason, this actually did choke me up a little bit. Like just this Aww. this scene where he's like trying to save her, and she knows that he's trying to save her, and like she you know. It's like whole thing. It, it got me a little bit. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be honest, which pisses me off because like I fucking hate this relationship. <laughs> I hate these two. Fuck this book for making me like feel feelings about this. Ugh. I'm telling you, they work together, man. Yeah, they're solid. Yeah, they're, they're just just awful enough to get along. Yeah, I guess she's like. a problem, but Perrin needs a problem in his life. <laughs> I guess so. So you have a shotgun wedding. Yeah, but it turns out Perrin's all like, "Oh, they won't let us get married because we haven't been betrothed for a year. That's the custom." And she's like, "Well, you know, I've been asking around, and it's sort of like, kind of like we already were betrothed, right?" Because <laughs> of course, yeah, she's been playing this for like you know a month now, probably. <laughs> uh, but this is, I, I kind of like Emmons Field. They're like eminently sensible. I, I think requiring people to be betrothed for a year before getting married is very sensible. Yeah. Right, that that's a custom that makes a lot of sense. Don't you know, Jeff? Emmonsfield is the best place in the world. That's the <laughs> point, right? It's, it's this magical land where everyone's like a really hardworking person. They're all like good friends, and they all self they take care of themselves. And they take care of their neighbors. <laughs> that's right. Except for the the Terran the the fairies, yeah, yeah, the Terran fairy folk. Yeah. Terran fairies are really part of you know the two rivers. Not really. <laughs> They've true. had mi- mixing with outsiders. <laughs> <laughs> But the, yeah, the, yeah, the marriage ceremony is pretty sweet. I, I like this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It was it was a, it was a pretty a pretty sweet little little mm-hmm. scene. And she uses her original name, mm-hmm. Zarin Bashir. Which is a big deal. Which uh, yeah, that's that is a big deal. It's like she's not. It's like it's really she's really doing it. This is not part of her game of pretending to be somebody else. Mm-hmm. But anyway, chapter fifty four into the palace, which is the plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kind of oh like wait, show. wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you think is going to happen in this chapter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? They, uh, you know, this plan is, is actually fairly solid. I, I, I have to say, uh, it does seem like they actually did a good job here, except, like, all I could think was, they're probably walking into another trap, right? I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they... they don't walk into a trap. Yes. It seems like a trap. <laughs> yeah. It really feels like they're walking into a trap. And considering, you know, their their history would be, <laughs> yeah. you know, I wouldn't take mo- like take money on that yeah. bet, you know. My only criticism would be that the Black Aja can sense women who can channel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they themselves might not be the best people to be sent in like this. Yeah. But like, who else could they send, right? Who like servant, like men who could pass as servants. Uh, I'm sure that 
Domon or some of Domon's crew could do that, or since they're best friends forever with Egan, then she could do it, right? Yeah. Well, they definitely don't trust her. Don't they? They take her with them on the secret mission. Yeah, that is a that is a good point. Why not, right? Yeah, it's Elaine, Nynaeve, and again, and then the plan is they're gonna dress like servant women, mm-hmm. and they're gonna dress like Domon's servant women, and he's gonna deliver a, a bribe of ice peppers to the palace, and then they're gonna change clothes to look like palace servant women and, and move about the place and steal the stuff, right? That's a reasonable plan. It's not the worst plan they've come up with. <laughs> it is not. It actually is a plan. It's not like knock on the front door and say, "Where's the black Aja? Yeah. <laughs> there's like a there's kind of like a dumb like competitive scene between the the guy the dudes. They're all like. You should take me because I am the best at this, and you should take that. And like that felt really forced to me because I feel like they're all very practical people, and like this this conversation feels like weird to me. Where Tom's like, "Well, he pulls out his dagger, flips it in the air, and he's like, oh, but we need a more subtle approach." It's it's like it's it's a weird conversation to me. Yeah, like Tom at least is too practical for posturing, right? From their perspective. That the, these people are going to go get themselves killed because they're idiots. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They just, I mean, I don't say Nynaeve and Elaine actually are idiots, but they've been acting like idiots since they've been on this mission, right? I would say Nynaeve's stubbornness is to the point of idiocy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the, not that she's dumb, but she does dumb things for, the, for her pride. Yeah. So I, I actually wanted to, I noticed something here, right? Is this, are these chapters chronological? Because it seems like the last chapter was in the evening. And then we had that chapter with Perrin, which was in the middle of the night where he sleeps for like one hour. Mm-hmm. And then we're back here and it's the morning. I guess they could be, yeah. I mean, like, the, the, the time... It's, it's difficult to get context because in these two different places, there doesn't, they don't have a current connection. It's easier with Egwene because they have, they have, like, touchstones. They're like, okay, we're meeting. We know what's going on. So we know that they're more or less on the same timeline as Egwene and Rand. Mm-hmm. But there's not really a, a chronological touchstone between Perrin and the other people right now, right? It is interesting. I was wondering, because these chapters we read this time, they do bounce around among a bunch of different characters in different places. So I was wondering why Robert Jordan chose to insert the Perrin chapter where he did, for instance. Yeah, the only thing I think is chronological. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that would explain it if he's like, these things are happening either, or either in succession or concurrently. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It actually reminds me of the classic Star Wars structure where they have the three different stories and then the climax is all three of them intercut with each other rapidly. Like the Return of the Jedi story. Or the, you know, the, they did that in The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Robert Jordan has been doing a really good job. There's a bunch of balls in the air right now and he's doing a really good job moving us around through mm-hmm. the different narratives. Yeah. yeah. So part of their plan is that Tom and Julian and Domon are going to start a riot outside the street, <laughs> on the street, to uh, distract all the palace guards, which is a pretty good element of the plan, right? Distract everybody, cause chaos. It's a little, um, it's a little fucked up though, right? It's yeah, it's like yeah, every time one of these riots happens, like lots people of people die, die right? Yeah, and, and Elaine actually thinks about that because. Yeah, Nynaeve doesn't ever think about that, but right, Elaine knows right. how riots work, mm-hmm. and she thinks like, oh well, they're. This is so important. They're they're actually fighting in a battle to to defeat the Dark One in the the last battle. Yeah, because I'm sure that that's what they're thinking, right? Is, yeah, I mean, yeah, right. And another reason why they're right is because people are starving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And this yeah. whole they they go in as like delivering this delicacy to the to the kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. And they see all these cooks and stuff working, making these delicacies. Mm-hmm. 
in the kitchen of the palace, which is surrounded by people who are starving and rioting. Yeah, mm-hmm. she even comments uh, that they were in one of the smallest storerooms. It was just like packed to the gills with like just random foodstuffs. Yeah, but uh, but it works. You know, it, it it accomplishes their goal. They're barefoot. Do you notice that? Yeah. Well, because yes. Elaine spends a good amount of time thinking about how uncomfortable it is to be barefoot. Are, are servants in this world normally barefoot? No, I couldn't tell if it was just because they were... They, it's not something that I recall having been mentioned, but maybe it's because their their, initial, their first costume before the costume change is like their poor like refugee yeah, farm were, folk. Yeah. I guess refugees probably wouldn't have shoes. Yeah, wow. That's but I, I, I probably... I assume the serving people in the castle or palace would have shoes but maybe not <laughs> osha requirements right yeah <laughs> yeah uh i try not to bring this up too much but this is such a D plan mm. mm-hmm. like yeah we're just gonna like sneak in or something yeah. we're gonna pretend to be servants and if anybody gives any crap we're gonna be like we're servants <laughs> and then we'll like start a riot or something yeah and then and then if anyone gives us a hard time we'll just fight them <laughs> yeah, we'll just kill them <laughs> we'll just bring again and in case anyone gives us trouble she can just kick their ass right yeah they they do bring a gain in. And it's really weird to me that they're trusting her so much. But also, like I was talking about earlier, she is so much more suited for this than mm-hmm. the wisdom of Emmons Field or the daughter heir of Andor. Uh-huh. Like, she's, she can fight. She can take care of herself. She doesn't uh, have this weird pride thing that causes Nynaeve to break cover all the time. She's, she's really good at concealing her emotions, too. Yeah, she's a great, like... Yeah, she's, she's been... Great has more practice super, being a yeah. spy. Uh, but whatever. I'm I'm liking her a lot because she's she's got all the great qualities of the Aiel without the bluster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, 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 well, they're, oh, sorry. too much like slavery and stuff for my. Well, point, sure, her people are super evil, but I feel like the Aiel spend a lot of time talking about how badass they are. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> they just talk game. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and <clears throat> speaking of, yeah, no, the the the. the Dodgy nature of their plan. They do immediately run into a black Aja in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. In the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, Marilyn Gimalfin, the, the cat lady. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just sort of like sneak by her. <laughs> like, we, we made all made our sneak rolls. We're fine. <laughs> Roll, do, 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 do. Roll an 18 stuff. Oh, okay. I guess you don't. You know, the, the DM's like, oh, I guess you don't you know, run into this plot hook that I included in your story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we go into the pantry. We wait, wait, wait. We wait for her to go away. Oh, okay. I guess it works. <laughs> uh, she goes away. She's she's uh, feeding a cat cream, and this is another uh, dragon reread PSA. Everyone, don't feed your cats cream. It gives them diarrhea. They're lactose intolerant. Do you oh. think a brown Aja would know that? Uh, well, she's, she's, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> that's why they call them the brown Aja. <laughs> she's black Aja. She does evil. Maybe this is part of the evil but that she, she does likes cats. She just doesn't like people. Mm, yeah, it's true. But evil people are weird. <laughs> so they split up. Which is another bad idea, but they do it. And uh, Elaine rescues the Panarch from Tamail of the Black Aja. Yeah, this is kind of a, a like a, kind of a cool scene where she walks up. She's like, "Oh, there's someone channeling in there," but I know I can channel a few threads at once. So just kick open the door, and she's like, "Are you sure?" Kick open the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is Tamail is the one from the dream who's been making the Panarch uh, sing, and has also apparently been making her meet out injustice and just be a bad leader and stuff. Mm-hmm. She's pretty awful. And apparently she was torturing her with the ice peppers, so oh, maybe yeah. Bail Dilmon shouldn't mention he's been giving ice peppers to the, <laughs> the palace's gifts. Maybe put that one to yourself. <laughs> Whoops. And, yeah, and so she, yeah, she kicks open the door and, like, shields her and knocks her over with the one power and 
and rescues the Panarch, and the Panarch immediately starts saying, we've got to go, we've got to get the, the troops, we've got to get the situation under control, this has been terrible, they've been torturing me. And Elaine uses the power to wrap her up and tortures her with her hair? And pulls her hair and is like, mm. threatens her, for her sure. yeah. into coming with them and helping them. Yep. She Immediately. Says, she says, if you don't do what we say, I'm going to tie you up and leave you here next to this person who's been torturing you. <laughs> yeah, like... What the hell? Uh, that really surprised me. Yeah. I thought this was some kind of rescue mission. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I guess the idea is that Panarch is, is, a, is a noble and therefore like not necessarily a good person and therefore it's okay to like abuse her a little bit or something. Yeah, I guess so, but it, we just got a little rundown about some of the bad stuff she's been doing is because the Black Aja have been forcing her to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's very reasonable for her to want to get control of her military again and start influencing the political situation. Yeah. Whatever. The Elaine does get a little, a little bit of a one-liner. Um, the, 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 the Panarch says, I'm the Panarch of Terabon. And Elaine says, and I'm the, the Aes Sedai who's come to rescue you. You know, it's like, <laughs> he says coolly. It's like, yeah. <laughs> dips her shades down a little bit and picks them back up. Yeah, yeah, boom. So these Black Aja, they're oddly unsuspecting. I, I, think yeah. that they, I think that they think they've gotten away with it. As yeah, well. in arrogance. They think they're safe. Like if, so. And it's not like necessarily an unreasonable assumption. They're in the, the palace surrounded by like three different layers of like guards, right? And they yeah. control the, the, the most powerful, second most powerful, most powerful person in the, but the think, city. Think about how KG Moraine is, or Viren is, when they're moving around the normies. About even admitting that they're Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. Because even the, the idea of an Aes Sedai being in town would be a rumor that would take over the whole city. Yeah. So they're very careful about who they identify themselves as and who they let see their face, you know? Yeah. Anybody that might recognize them, they don't let them see their face. Yeah. But these people are just walking around, torturing cats or whatever. I think Moraine is uh, better at, at, at what she does than anyone else in the world. I think Moraine is, like, is not typical of Aes Sedai. I think yeah. she's like an anomaly. But at the very least, they have to expect that the White Tower will be coming after them in some form. Yeah, that's true. So you'd so expect them to post some kind of guard? Wizard guards? Wizard guards? Yeah, well, yeah, some, to detect channeling. Yeah, I mean, like, like, in theory, all of them are that, right? The only the only way, reason that... But they're distracting themselves by feeding cats and, and torturing panarchs. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, they 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 are Black Aja not because they're the best, they're Black Aja because they're the ones that would go to the Dark One, right? And maybe it's like when you <laughs> do a group project with people and you all expect someone else to do all the work. It's true, you know, <laughs> it, it, that is a good point. Leandrin has been doing most of the heavy lifting. <laughs> 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 they're all just sort of coasting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, these are not necessarily the White Tower's best and brightest, right? <laughs> <laughs> so while Elaine is doing this, uh, Nynaeve goes immediately back to the, the hall of the exhibition hall and immediately starts a fight with Mogadian. <laughs> Man, I sure hope I don't run into that Forsaken who's been hanging out in this room a whole lot. <laughs> Wizard duel. Yeah, and she's I like Nynaeve's attempt to pretend to be a servant who's there. She's mm-hmm. like carrying a duster and like occasionally dusting something. She <laughs> they say she's carrying it like a pike or something. Like she's like holding it like a weapon. <laughs> like she's clearly never dusted anything in her life. Not the most subtle. Yeah, but yeah. While she's fake dusting and trying to get at these uh, these artifacts, Mogedian comes in dressed as a servant, but also with some kind of magic on her to make her look more servanty. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think 
So Magedian was probably the the servant that's been hanging out with the Black Aja from the very beginning, right? Like we saw, <gasps> oh, yeah, it, yeah, back when they're in the house, they're like, "Oh, this servant's acting all weird." I guess that must have been Magedian. I think it is. Yeah, smart. Okay, yeah. and I she's not that. the one giving them their orders. She's just hanging out with them because she's a spider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like so. And we never, we don't really. She doesn't really reveal exactly what she's been plotting. Only that she's been plotting something all along. You know. Yeah. Uh, but what she was not plotting was getting in a wizard duel with Nynaeve. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. uh, Nynaeve just goes for it right away. And she real she reveals some information to us, too. Yeah. Yeah, she does the classic villain James thing Bond villain, yeah, I'm going to tell you my whole plan Monologue-ish kind of thing. Uh, and it looks like uh, Ravin, one of the other Forsaken, he has a pretty little queen to amuse him now, which I'm guessing is Morghese. Yeah. yeah we know that there's somebody hanging out with Morghese, and apparently that's Ravin, another Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they they get into like a wizard mind duel where they're trying to cut each other off from the source, mm-hmm. which is sort of a, a strength against strength duel. And Mogedian is like blathering at her, trying to talk to her and and distract her. And Nynaeve resorts, resorts to her classic move, <laughs> yeah. Africa face punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I actually really like this because Nynaeve realizes, wait, she's talking to me? That means she needs to distract me. Mm-hmm. That means I can win this, right? Yep. That just, I, I can win this on strength. And then she's like, well, okay, so let me think. She's from the Age of Legends, and she's used, used to using magic for everything. I bet she's not used to getting punched in the face. <laughs> <laughs> she, she picks up the, the thing and throws it in her face. Doesn't but it that hard, but it, uh... it totally works. Yeah. And I, and I wanted to say, all the negative things I've said about Nynaeve, uh, despite it all, this is why we keep Nynaeve around. <laughs> because she, she fucking wrecked this situation. <laughs> yeah. Like, she, she was like, toe-to-toe with the Forsaken, and she was worried about it, but she, like, went all out, and, like, she was full of rage, and the rage powered her. Mm-hmm. And she uh, she was even, uh, like, actively aware of it. Something that she was like, oh, I'm making myself angry so I can use my powers or something like that, you know? Yeah, and she... I, I don't think anybody else, except maybe Rand, in this series would have been able to win this fight. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Nynaeve could. Yeah, so, so like, this gives us, I guess, our first idea of just how strong Nynaeve might be, because the Forsaken, by all accounts, are, like gods compared to modern Aes Sedai, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, no modern Aes Sedai has been able to, to, t- to scratch the surface of a Forsaken until, I guess, Nynaeve. And mm-hmm. I love, too, that the way uh, Nynaeve ultimately won is that Mulgadian, instead of trying to defend herself, tried to run away, which is very with her character, but was also her downfall. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Nynaeve didn't have to defend herself anymore because Mulgadian was running away. Right, yeah. And she catches her with the flows of air. I, as, as much as, you know, we can, we can love Nynaeve for this, this badass fight... I'm still pissed off at her though because what does she do? She's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're, she's just like, I'm just gonna leave her here. You she know, ties her up and leaves her. Yeah, because because this is like the, the opportunity to kill a Forsaken. Like I get it, you know. Yeah, like, there are only thirteen of them. Yeah, it's not like you know. I get it. You don't want to go around murdering people, but this person kind of deserves to die. <laughs> like who knows what this Forsaken's done in the the past? It will do in the future if you let her go. Mm-hmm. Just lets her go. Oh, she should stand trial. You know, we we don't want to like we. What, what are we without our laws? <laughs> but where would she even stand trial? Whose laws? The White Tower. She's like she wants she oh. wants to stand trial in the White Tower and get stilled by the other Aes Sedai. Who? Yeah, sure, they're going to be able to do that, right? <laughs> yeah. Against a Forsaken. Yeah, right. <laughs> You've got this Forsaken disabled. Just. 
fucking slit her throat, you know? But no. But no, she leaves her tied up and almost immediately gets blasted by another black Aja that came on her. Yep. Because uh, that they're using one of those Terran Griol that they stole from the tower. And this yeah. one shoots Balefire. <laughs> Balefire Rampage! Woo! Yeah, and she goes on a crazy Balefire blasting speed. <laughs> I like when Nynaeve is like, you know, it goes through all the walls. I bet it even got outside the palace. I, 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 I always think about this every time they're using Balefire. Like... How far does that thing go? Like, how much collateral damage are you causing did, every time did, you did use Did just wipe fire? out the whole city? What just happened? Why? Maybe just the rioters who are rioting because they're starving. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And uh, when she falls down, did she cut the moon in half? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> like, like, right, I mean, it goes off into space, and I guess maybe it hits another planet, and the planet goes away? I don't know. <laughs> Stars start winking out? I don't know. <laughs> um, but whatever, yeah, this other Black Aja... Blows the shit out of the palace and disappears. Maybe blows herself up. Who knows? And then Magedian's gone, but it, yeah. it's unclear to me whether she was killed by Balefire or just escaped. Yeah, yeah. But, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, there is something kind of interesting that, um, and this is this is not like a, a major plot point or anything, but during Magedian's monologuing, when Nynaeve is ignoring everything she's saying, you know, because she's like thinking about something else. She's like, sorry, I wasn't listening to you. I was thinking about something else. Uh, Magedian is talking about uh, space travel, I think. A little bit. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, she does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's like talking about the Age of Legends and how, oh, things were, you know, you don't, you can't even understand what the Age of Legends were like before the boar. And we know, we know now that the boar is when they released the Dark One initially, not knowing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And she's like talking about that they visited other places in the sky. And then she's talking about what stars actually are or something like that. So like, Yeah. Oh. But Naimi literally tunes her out, right? But she starts talking about that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she gets bored with the conversation and starts like <laughs> thinking about a song that she heard once. That's interesting because we know from Rand's trip to Meridian that there were at least cars and planes or helicopters. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Some, some magical equivalent. It sounds like they had magical spaceships too. I think mm-hmm. they were more advanced than we are in, in our modern society. Mm-hmm. That's what I was gathering is that they had some sort of like super advanced like magic sci-fi you know, civilization. Yeah, which so again, are there any offshoots of the Age of Legends civilization on other planets? That's a great question. Ooh. If they travel to other planets, maybe those, because I mean, the all the things that happen seem to be happening only on this island. <laughs> <laughs> Not even this whole world, as far as we can tell, just yeah. the big island that they're on. I don't know. It's interesting to think about, yeah, that um, there mm-hmm. might be remnants. But, the, it, but all that knowledge and all that caring about the world is exactly why Mogedian lost, because Nynaeve cares about punching you in the face. <laughs> That's right. That is true. That's why Nynaeve won. Well, they are in a much more primitive time now. It's true. And again, it, it, it strikes me that it must be really bizarre being a Forsaken, having come out of coming out of their their prison. Because I guess when they were imprisoned with the Dark One, it was still kind of the Age of Legends. That was yeah. still in their super technology that, land. That was before the taint on Side End. Because it, it was during that moment when the taint happened, right? It was when um, Luce Theron sealed the dark one into his prison that the the, the taint was the yeah the source was corrupted but so so yeah it's just it's like it must be really bizarre being a forsaken having woken up thousands of years later and you're basically like uh it'd be like if if we were woke up among cavemen right mm-hmm. i think we yeah. talked about it before but it must be really bizarre being a forsaken in the world now is it is it it must be balsamon that gave them immortality right Yes and no. As well, I understand, Aes Sedai at that time always were long-lived. But they were also... I think that the fact they were sealed in with the Dark One like just halted their life, their aging. They were like being in stasis. Mm. Yeah. Remember that guy that we... The Aiel ancestor that we got to who, who was like, I'm only 85. It's, it's time for the prime of my life. Mm-hmm. So everybody was really old. And I think 
Mogedian mentions that she was 200 years old before the end of the Age of Legend. Okay, so they can age, but they're or, really long-lived. Yeah. Yeah, maybe like thousands of years is the lifespan of an Aes Sedai in the Age of Legend, if we don't know. Okay, well, that would make sense because we know that the Aes Sedai, their agelessness is tied to their power. So if you're more powerful, that would make sense to me that you would live longer. Yeah, maybe. So does that mean Nynaeve is going to live till she's like 600? Well, we don't we don't know exactly how it works yet, but it's possible. Yeah, Somebody will murder her at some point. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, way. Yeah, like, yeah. No way. Yeah. She's not going to piss someone off, right? I mean, she's super powerful, but still, you know, someone's going to come in and knife in the back or something, I guess. I <laughs> right. Like, yeah, one of these days, the heroes of legend aren't going to break the ancient precept to save your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by all accounts, Nynaeve should have died a lot of times by now, but, you know. Um... But yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 also strange that there aren't more remnants of this super technology that, you know, we we do see elements here and there, but you'd think even over a couple thousand years there'd be something left, but apparently not. Mm-hmm. I guess the breaking of the world really did a number on this planet. It's interesting. They lose so much, um, and everything, even everything, becomes just myth and legend. But food, the the food survives, which I think is super cool. Like different cuisines survive, it seems like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The people, the the people in the Isle Waste are still um, making succotash, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. It's all the all the elements are there, but they got reconfigured by all this chaos and mm-hmm. all the the ways of history. Yeah. But food survives. That's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters fifty-five through fifty-eight to complete the Shadow Rising. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan. That's my... (laughs) (laughs) I'm Micah Sparkman, and I don't have one of those. And apparently I can't talk. (laughs) Uh, If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews on the service you got this from. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. That's who we are and that's what we do. Please like us in real life. We're super likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.